DJ, truly I do honor the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm blessing him because he's worthy of the praise. Thank you, Jesus. We could have been doing anything else today, but our election was to bless his name. You know, I don't even think I'm that good of a preacher or a teacher. But we came here not for me or for you, but to hear and listen to the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful to be in fellowship with you all. So grateful to the Lord to be with us today. I do honor his name today. First of all, before I do anything else, please take a seat. Before I do anything else, I'm honoring his name. I'm blessing his name. Before I tell you how much, you know, how much of a great week or bad week I've had, before I tell you how much I love my wife, before I tell you how much I love life, I'm gonna tell you I love the Lord. I'm putting him first. Like, if there is an order to my life, it has to put him as the premier spot. It makes you, helps you understand who I am as a person. Because if you don't understand who my relationship is with the Lord, you won't understand my relationship with anybody else. Like, if you don't understand my relationship with the Lord, you're gonna find it difficult to understand my relationship to my wife. If you don't understand my relationship with the Lord, you're gonna find it difficult to understand my relationship to my family and my friends, my community. Because what I'm trying to tell you is that the Lord is so central to everything I do that the things that would probably make sense in a society that prefers riches and wealth, I'm going to prefer love and humility. Yeah, so to understand who I am, you have to understand my relationship with the Lord. And my relationship with him is of a person who has received salvation in his heart and genuinely believes with all his heart that that salvation is good for us and good for the world. So everything I do, everything you see us do, yes, is to promote the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe there's authority there. I believe there's love there. I believe there's salvation there. Like, I don't want us to get away with this idea that, you know, some, I don't like to talk about other places or, or locations, but I will say this. We have to make sure that we don't worship humans, but we worship the Christ himself. Like, we can't substitute ourselves and our desires for who God is in the church. The scripture describes him as the head of the church. Like, when you understand what the relationship of the head is to the rest of the body, you know nothing works without the head. You can be a hand, you can be a foot, you can even be a kidney, but you can't be the head. That part is taken, and my God, I am so grateful for the Lord being the head of my life, the head of this church. We have this last few weeks been talking about authority and authority in Jesus. And more specifically this week, I wanted to talk about authority in his name. Authority in his name. Uh, and the reason why I want to talk about authority in his name is that sometimes I think we can be, like I said, I think we, sometimes we're tricked into putting ourselves, we selfishly put ourselves where we should be putting the Lord. <laughs> and it's important we understand that without his authority, really whatever else we're trying to do is of no consequence. 
Um, you know, I was thinking this week, you know, a few times in my life when I've been driving down the street, a police officer will walk out into the street, raise his hands, and my immediate instinct is to put, hit the brakes. Hit the brakes, look around me, see what's going on. Not because I know the guy. I don't even know his name. Like, I don't know anything about him, but I see the officer with the uniform, he's got the badge on, he put up his hand like that, as far as I'm this could be anybody. Like, if you were a, to fake me out, you could put on the uniform, walk out in the street, and that authority of the uniform, I'd stop, I don't even know if you're really even qualified. Look, to be honest, the, the, the way the law works, a Hilliard police officer couldn't technically stop you if he saw you doing something in Dublin. But I'm not going to check. Like, if I see the Hilliard police in Dublin, I'm just going to stop. And I won't, I'll worry about jurisdiction later. But that's what authority does. Authority lets you realise, I'm just going to do whatever that says. That's what, how authority works. I remember once my uncle Ulysses, my uncle, uncle Ulysses, um, he had a dog, and I think the name, name of the dog was Rex. Do you remember Rex? He was an Alsatian. Everybody was scared of, of Rex. He named him Rex. Rex means like king or something like that in, 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 in um, Latin, I think, or something like that. Anyway, he named the dog Rex. It was a huge dog. And I was about seven or eight, and my dad had to drop me off over my uncle's house. One of the few times I spent a lot of time over his house. But anyway, the dog was there, and I was scared senseless. So I show up at the house, and he does this big elaborate thing in the kitchen. He, I remember it distinctly like it was yesterday. He brought me into the kitchen and said, Rex, this is Mark. Introduced me like I was a human being to this dog. Mark, this is Rex. Rex, you don't bother Mark. Mark, you don't bother Rex. That was the conversation. And from that minute, the dog avoided me like the plague. It was like he was scared of me. Up until that point, I was scared of the dog. But whatever my uncle did in that kitchen, transformed authority that only he had to me. And now I was playing in the garden, I was remember playing on a little tricycle out the back, I was playing on some toys, and I was in his yard. <laughs> and every time I moved, the dog moved out my way. This is a huge Alsatian. Like, and he was the size of me at the time, right? And every time I moved, the dog moved out the way. I couldn't believe the power I had. I started to get a bit over the top with it, so I started to purposefully chase him after a while. Because I knew, as long as my uncle gave the power to me, I was good. So about two weeks later, about two weeks later, my dad, we were on our way to church, my dad's kind of in the van, and my dad's trying to knock on the door to get my uncle's attention. But before he can get to the door, the gate's locked, and Rex is right inside the yard, and he's barking, going nuts at my dad. We'll not let him get to the door. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if my transfer of power and authority still works. I didn't have the guts to go out and find out. Like, I did not go. I would not go to that gate and find out if my authority lasted two weeks. But I do know that in the moment, because he said I had authority, I really did have authority. <laughs> Let's go to Luke. Let's go to the book of Luke. I want to show you something. I've been reading these scriptures all week. Luke chapter 10. And I want to look at the first verse of Luke 10. And then we're going to jump down a little bit. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and then we're going to go to 17 and 19. In the book of Luke, we find out that Jesus is traveling around all these locations, traveling to different places. And Luke chapter 10, verses 1, tells us how he intends to send his people to go to these places. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. So in addition to the people that he had, the disciples that we know, 12, 12 apostles, 12 disciples, he appointed another 70 and sent them two and two. So like two, but two in, in teams of two, he sent them out. That means 35 folks went out ahead of him, right? Before his face, before he entered the city, he sent his disciples before them. So before he would enter, his disciples would be preparing before him. Um, before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Wherever he was intended to come, he would send his disciples first, right? He isn't there yet. He's geographically not there. He's not present yet. But what he's done is sent his people, and what he's apparently done in this moment is transferred just a little bit of authority to them. He said, you're going with my authority ahead of me. Right, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the film 300. Like the servant right at the start, he thinks he's coming with the power of, of Darius, the Syrian king, and he's insulting the king of, the, the king of uh, Sparta. He's insulted his wife. He's thinking he can get away with it because he's the messenger of Darius. But the king of Sparta doesn't recognize that kind of authority. He says, this is Sparta. You, you're not gonna do that here. Right, you remember? It's a, tr it's a shame when you sometimes go somewhere thinking you've got authority, but you haven't claimed it correctly. It's not just a thing of having authority, you've got to know how to show that authority. Verse 17, let's jump down. Verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy. The 70 people who Jesus sent out came back to him, and they were so happy. Not because anybody recognized them. That's not what happened. No one knew who they were. He says, saying the Lord, even devils are subject unto us, not because of us, through your name. They're, they're subject to us because of your name, because of your authority. I don't know if you've seen one of those old time um, uh, films in England might be, and you'll see the sheriff maybe of Nottingham. He's chasing Robin Hood and he'll say, stop in the name of the king, right? You'll shout some really, really old school sounding English stuff. Stop in the name of the king. He doesn't, he knows no one's gonna stop in the name of whoever he is, but he knows they're gonna stop in the name of the king who sent him. Like everybody's supposed to stop at that point. What's happened in these disciples isn't that they've showed up and Peter said, I'm just here with all this power. No, Peter said, I'm here because Jesus sent me. And I now have authority over spirits, over health, over disease, over issues, not because I'm so special, but because Jesus was the one who sent me. I have power not in my own name, no one's asking for me, no one's asking for my qualifications, just like I'm not asking that police officer what his personal name is, I may ask him for his badge number, so that I can confirm he has the authority he says he is, but I don't know what his last name is, I don't care. 
What I care about is, is that uniform genuine, and if so, I'm hitting the brakes. <laughs> and so I, if I understand authority, let me tell you right now, the earth understands the same authority. Our health understands the same authority. They say of, of us that we are made up of the fundamental um, particles of the universe, we, meaning the things that are in me have been here since the beginning. They just got formed in the way they were to make me who I am. If that's true, then that, that same particles must recognize the voice of the ones who set everything into, into movement. The one who created heaven and earth spoke to these same particles that are currently constructing my body. They don't recognize me, they recognize the voice. They recognize the authority. <laughs> that name represents a uniform, that name represents right, uh, something I recognize. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So here is this, this, uh, this these disciples have gone into every town and 70 of them have come back. And it doesn't matter where they've gone to, doesn't matter how unbelieving the people are, doesn't matter how distrustful the people are, the same have, they have the same consistent testimony and message. And the, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. The most chaos I can imagine in a community is being taken over by something that you don't understand and something that is malevolent and disruptive and chaotic. Can't think of anything worse. And they're saying, we bring order to that with your name. <laughs> and then look at what Jesus says. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan, meaning I was there at the beginning. And I beheld Satan as lightning fall from the heaven. Don't be surprised when powers that you don't understand, that are older than you, now are conforming to your will through me because I was there in the beginning. Like, I didn't just show up. You think I'm the daughter of Joseph and Mary and that's it, but that's partly true, but I was there in the beginning when all this was created. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Behold, he says into verse 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents. He's basically saying, I'm the one, you're not the ones who have got real authority here, but I'm the one who's giving you this authority. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look, when you're about my business, when you're about my doing my work, I'm gonna make sure that there's a special place for you to do the work that I've sent for you to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So when you're walking with this authority, don't be surprised that the traffic stops for you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Don't be surprised when things happen for you that don't happen for everybody else. Why? Not because of you. That's the thing I want you to get out the way. It's not about you. It's about the authority that you're walking in. <laughs> no one else doesn't seem to quite be able to get this right. And I want us to make sure we got this all the way down, that it's not about you, it's about the authority you're walking with. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Let me keep reading. Let me read that one more time. Behold, I give unto you power 
to tread on serpents and scorpions, those things that should be deadly to you, and over all the power of the enemy, you have somebody working against you. There's going to be spiritual wickedness, fleshly wickedness working against you, and I'm going to give you power over it. And none of these powers that are working against you to hurt you shall be able to hurt you. Isn't this a beautiful, beautiful promise? <laughs> Let's go to one more scripture. Let's go to a couple more scriptures, actually. Thank you, Lord. Just go to St. Matthew, if minister can find this one. St. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And verse 18 and 19, I think it's right. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying... Actually, why don't you start at 16, sir? Mm-hmm. Then the eleven disciples went away unto Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed... So, so the disciples, this, is, this, this moment sits after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's died, he's rose again on the third day with what we have been told is all power, right? This kind of speaks to that moment and they've made an arrangement, let's meet in the mountains, us all, let's get this, get our points in order. Keep reading. Verse 17, and when they saw him, yes. they worshipped him, but some doubted. So some people are understanding this is the risen saviour and are understanding at this moment he is due worship, yes. he is due praise, he is due all the honor I can muster in this moment, but some people don't aren't quite there. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Right. All power yes. is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This is a huge statement, and I don't want us to walk by it. I want us to sit and, and on this moment for a while here. The the act of the death resurrection has reset the entire agreement that the heavens have with mankind. And what has happened in this moment is that there's a new agreement. The Old Testament and the old way basically said, um, wages of sin is death, period. That's it, that's the whole sentence. You do something wrong, you inherit death. But what Jesus is saying right here is, I've just reset this whole agreement and all power all authorities in my hand. So, if this would be like me saying to you, okay, um, all Hilliard police officers are no longer useful, but please continue to listen to Franklin County Sheriffs. They still have authority, right? This is like him saying, that was the old way, but I am now establishing a brand new way. And the person who's in charge of this brand new way is me. And it doesn't just apply to Earth. It doesn't just apply to Hilliard, Columbus, Franklin County, United States, Europe, Asia. It is everywhere in the earth and everywhere in heaven. Like if you can get some authority outside of that jurisdiction, go for it. (laughs) But all, all power in heaven and earth is given to the Christ. This is a truth statement. It says, I have all the power now. Whatever habits, culture you have, I have all the power now. (laughs) The death paid the sin for everybody. Why? Because the one with the power said so. I don't know if you've heard of this idea of clemency or um, a pardon. Like, how powerful that idea of a pardon is. Like, 
the, the, the governor and of a state has the power to pardon within the state, and the president has the power to pardon within the United States with his federal jurisdiction. And what that allows you to do is, if somebody's committed a crime li literally yesterday, like the governor or the president can say, mm, I know he did it, but I'm issuing you a pardon. Let you go. And no one, neither the Supreme Court, not your local courts, not the Ohio court I was in the other day, can do a thing about it. It's written there, it's part of our constitutional order, it's what, the, if you can say, well, the guy just finished the crime two minutes ago. And it doesn't matter, because the person with the authority to pardon said it's okay. I am forgiving that person. Not only can you forgive it, you can say, I don't even want it to go to trial. <laughs> like, there's, there's not even a trial. You can literally say, we can subvert, I know he's did it, I know he's in jail, he's waiting for his moment in, in court, but I am giving, issuing a pardon, and you cannot hold it against him. In fact, you can't say, like say if he commits another crime, you can't say two strikes or three strikes, that was like his, because that just doesn't exist anymore. Like, it doesn't exist as a crime in his record anymore because of that pardon. That's a lot of power. And Jesus is saying, in this sentence, all power is given unto me. <laughs> Who I say is free, is free. Who I say is sin-free, is whoever I decide, that is who is forgiven. <laughs> in heaven and in earth. Meaning if he wanted to, if there were folk in heaven who got there to that point, his authority meant I can yank you out and put you somebody else in. His authority is that complete. <laughs> so the next few sentences are incredibly important because he's just told them I have all the authority. <laughs> Let me go, let's go to verse 19. Go, go sir, please. Yes. And teach all nations. So what does he do now that he's established and makes sure you understand he has all the authority and all the power? He tells the disciples what I'm telling you to do now, now that we've confirmed who I am and what I have, that we have a new agreement, a new testament, a new promise, and a new covenant. I'm telling you to go. That's the first thing he does with this authority. He tells them to go. Please we keep reading. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach. Mm -hmm. Baptizing them. Baptizing them. In the name of the Father. Yes. And of the Son. Yes. And of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of even the world. Amen. He is telling them right now. If you want folks to receive the same authority and power you have been given, I want you to teach them about it. I want you to tell them about it. I want you to baptize them. And I want you to go out into all nations and do this thing. <laughs> Ain't no sense in me saying, well, I think I've gone a new way. Not the one with authority didn't say that. I'm gonna do the one could do the things that the one with the authority told me to do. <laughs> I'm going to go teach. I'm going to go baptize. I'm going to do this for all nations. Let me go to one more scripture, then I'm going to take my seat. Acts chapter 3, 
verses 1 through 12. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. I've, I've talked about this particular scripture before, but I, I am fascinated uh, by um, Peter's uh, kind of the way where Peter lands in this scripture. Um, in fact, could you keep reading for me, please, sir? Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Now Peter yes. and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. So right now we are talking about the Acts of the Apostles. This is the book of the Acts. This is the, this is the Acts where the Apostles now, Jesus has been ascended into heaven, and the this Acts of the Apostles are being written about and recorded by Luke, the physician. And he tells them one of the first things that happens after the day of Pentecost, when they all receive the Holy Spirit, when they're all speaking in tongues and the Spirit of the Lord give them utterance, one of the first miracles that happens after that moment is this one right here. Right, this is the moment where the disciples are standing on their own two feet. Just like at the start where I read to you the story of the 70 going out before Jesus. Before Jesus arrives, they're standing there with his authority. Now Jesus is back in the heavens and the apostles are standing there without Jesus coming this time. And they're standing there waiting and looking for opportunities to do what he just said in, in Matthew 28. To teach and to take this authority and what do they do with this authority this is the moment peter and john are speaking in could you keep reading sir two, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which was called beautiful so this guy this man has, has been um unable to walk from birth he has been, had a birth defect that renders him unable to take care of himself this is a tragic situation in any age, but in this age it would have been worse. There's no social, social net to help him, there's no um, social services to give him assistance, there's no food to help him with, there's no um, surrounding community necessarily to help him. So his only way of getting money, his only way of supporting himself is to beg. That's literally the only thing he's got left. And this man sits in the place where he thinks people will be the most generous right in the temple gate that's probably people are going to be coming in to pray hopefully they're going to think god have mercy on me have mercy on this guy and they're saying let me sit right where that is please keep reading so asked alms of them that entered into the temple yes who seeing peter and john about to go into the temple asked an alms yes and peter fastening his eyes upon him with john said look so this guy asked Peter and John, give, give us some money, and, and, and Peter stands there and says, look at us. I, I'm, curious what he, I, I, I'm curious what everybody really thinks of that moment where he says, look at us. But I imagine that they weren't well-dressed. They, they probably would have dressed just like everybody else. Probably didn't have a ton of money, probably didn't have a, a lot of stuff on them, and they certainly, as you'll hear, didn't have a lot of money, right? But <laughs> I imagine that this opportunity <laughs> that was presented to them allowed them to, to really show what authority is. Okay. It's not on what I'm wearing, yes, it's not on what I've got, Amen. it's not about the money I have, Amen. but it's about who I'm with. Let's keep going. Verse 5 And he gave unto them expecting to receive something as for money I expect to receive some money and then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk so what is his first opportunity to do how does he show him he has the authority and the power to do something 
Does he show him how much money he has? Absolutely not. Does he show him how well-dressed he is? Maybe that's an indication of how much authority he has. Absolutely not. In fact, he says, look at us as a mechanism to say there's nothing really special to see here. And that's the thing about this salvation is it's got, people are going to overlook you looking at the outside. People are going to overlook us looking at what it looks like from the outward, missing the whole thing going on on the inside. <laughs> Missing all the authority we have in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's keep reading. And he took him, verse 7, by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately yes. his feet and ankle bones received strength. They received strength. So in the name of Jesus, he speaks over this man. Not in his own power, not with his own strength, but he says with the authority in the name of Jesus. This is hearkening back to Matthew 28. It says, in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. And we see in the, in the Acts exactly how you do that. In the name of Jesus. In fact, we never actually see those in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost again. Because they understood exactly what that meant. And they said, let me pray for you in the name of the Father, which is Jesus. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus. So they start praying over this man in the name of Jesus. So when people come to me and ask me how I can help, it starts with prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus. I am patterning what I am doing after what they are doing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. If I have to do anything, I'm not going to do it with any authority. You're never going to hear my name be called out. Because frankly, if you know, if you were to hit a red light, don't ask them to don't bring my name up. Like that's the last name. They're not going to listen to you. <laughs> in fact, they're going to throw you in jail longer if you bring me into it. <laughs> Right? So what is, what, how do we call on him? We call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's keep reading. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his foot, feet and ankle strength received strength. What is happening here? The man didn't, the man always wanted to be healed. Like he never wanted this situation for himself. It wasn't a mental act that happened here. This was literally his body responding to the authority that they were speaking to him. You, you understand the difference? Like it wasn't like he was mentally like unable to walk and it was just a mental block. That's not what was happening here. There was authority in the name of the Lord Jesus that even his body, which was lame, had to recognize. Let's keep going. Verse eight, and he leaping stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, and leaping and praising God. So he is obviously very happy at this point. He's praising God, he's giving thanks, and he's running around the temple and he's showing them how grateful he is for this new and, and, and this new body he has, right? Let's keep going. Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Everybody sees it. And they knew that it was he that sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Everybody knows that this is a miracle. They all know who this guy is. 
they all know exactly what this moment means and they're all amazed. What I am fascinated by in the next few verses isn't their amazement. I would be amazed if, if I saw that, right? Even knowing the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus, I would be absolutely amazed. But what I love is Peter's response to this moment. That's what I want to get to here. So verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondering. So all the people run together after they see this miracle, they see the guy jumping around, and they run to Peter and John, just um, looking at them amazed. They're, they're still in, in Solomon's um, gate. They're still in this gate, beautiful, excuse me. And they run over to Peter and John, and they are being amazed. They're looking at them thinking, wow, look at you guys. Look at what you two have just done. They're amazed by this moment, and they're looking at them, wondering how those two did this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep reading. Verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why are you so amazed at this thing? Keep reading. Or why look ye so earnestly on us? And more importantly than why are you amazed, why do you think we really had anything to do with it? This is what real authority is. Peter understands this has nothing to do with me. And you looking amazed at me is actually missing the entire point altogether. I didn't do anything. It wasn't my authority, it was his authority. And Peter wants to correct the record before you get out of hand, before you think the wrong thing. Let's just correct this right now. Don't look at me so earnestly and so amazed. I want you to understand it was in the name of the Lord Jesus that this happened. It was with his authority that this happened. Let's just read verse 12 again. Oh, and Peter, and when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look so ye earnestly on us as though... By our own power or holiness, we made this man <laughs> It wasn't by our power. Yes, and it certainly wasn't because we were holy. It wasn't because of us why this man got up. Don't be, get it twisted. Don't get it confused. I don't have the power to do this. I am simply walking in the authority that, gave me, that God gave me. If that same police officer walks out of the street in plain clothes, None of us are stopping. You are just a regular guy, and I'm going to keep on driving. I'll get around you. I'll try not to hit you, but I am certainly not stopping for you. <laughs> that same officer with the clothes on, now I'm stopping. Same guy with authority. Peter and J James understand. We're standing here, and you're looking at our clothes, but really you wanted to focus on the clothes of Christ that we're standing in, the authority we have. That makes sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when you're asking for things, I want you to ask not with my authority, not even with your own, but with the authority of Jesus. When you're praying, I want you to focus on that it is his authority, not our authority. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. When I'm praying for you, I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you and with all my heart and with all my strength, but I'm going to be calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to do it. When I'm asking for safety and strength in our homes, when I'm asking for the peace of God to be with us, yes, I'm going to be asking in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to be asking from myself. I'm not going to be asking because I think I deserve it or I'm holy or I'm good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't look at us. 
Look at him. Don't worry about what it is for us. This is wonderful scripture in Philippians 2 and 10. He says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. <laughs> at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven and in earth. Even the angels are going to understand, yes, Lord, at the name of Jesus, we're going to have to bow. In the earth, kings and presidents and, and princes and dukes are going to have to bow at the name of the Lord Jesus. They recognize the authority. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I remember this old footage that was happening um, where the Queen, uh, I think it was the Queen Elizabeth, it was black and white, old black and white footage, and she just became the Queen after her father died. And I remember that the, she went to India on this long tour, and all the folks in India, there was Rajas from different regions of India, all of them bowing before her as she became the new head of the British Empire, essentially. And I was wondering about that. It wasn't just her they were bowing to. It was the power that was behind her that they were bowing to, right? And I mean that to say that I don't want us to adopt the position that we are anything special. I want us to adopt the position that the power that is with us through the name of the Lord Jesus is what folks will gravitate to. I need you to stand proudly with joy with the name of the Lord Jesus.